0: Welcome, everybody, to our second episode of Two Peas on a Pod. My name is Brian Daniels, and I'm back once again with my wife, the love of my life, <laughs> Raven Alford, And we are, uh, we are here uh, to, uh, for those who don't know, um, this show is to help others that have podcasts to come on and promote their show. And uh, we have joining us today uh, Tracy Lee. Hello, Tracy. How are you doing tonight?
1: I'm fantastic. How are you guys doing? We are doing fantastic as well. Thank you.
0: We're doing great. And she's she's decided to join us here today to talk about her podcast. It's called The Open Adoption Option. So, this is obviously a show about adoptions. And um, we've got some questions because that's just not, that's just an area that I'm not very well versed in. But uh, Tracy, I'm sure you'll be able to, to educate us and, and tell us all about your show tonight, right?
1: Yes, definitely.
0: Well, we're, we're looking very forward to it. So uh, let's just get right into it. So what, what made you decide? For, I always, I always got to ask. I'm probably going to ask everybody we have on the show this yeah. question. What made you decide to start a podcast?
1: Honestly, I've wanted to start a podcast for a long time really long time because I listened to podcast and I was like I I'm super passionate about well serial killers um and I wanted to do a crime oh, show podcast great. is what I wanted to do and um I come from an era because I'm much older and I come from an era where um there're people that are forgotten about like you know Betty Broderick times and you know crimes of those those times mm-hmm. that I wanted to talk about uh but um, I just wanted to do it. I was too afraid to actually take leap and do it. And then of course COVID happened. And I think everybody and their mother's <laughs> cousin decided to do a podcast. Yeah. So that's pretty much what pushed me. Cause I really just have anything else to do. Um, but everyone has a crime show podcast. So that's when I kind of just flipped my choice, mm-hmm. um, of a podcast, what I was going to do. And, um, that's, pretty much when I decided to do the podcast was during COVID actually, but um, I always wanted to do a podcast. It was just COVID that actually pushed me over the cliff.
2: So that is a big jump from serial killer or true crime (laughs) to uh, open adoption. So what made you decide to flip that switch? How did you get Uh, into the adoption option? (laughs) Yeah. Huge jump.
1: Huge jump. Yeah. Um, uh, Well, like I said, everyone has a, a, crime show podcast and, and there's so many crime show shows on TV. And I was just like, you know, I love crime, but there's just so much of it on, on TV and podcasts. Yeah. It's just saturated. Mm -hmm. So I didn't just want to add another one. And I was afraid I, you know, like obviously, you know, when you're starting something new, you want to be able to keep the audience and, you you know, and, and it's saturated. So, um, open adoption is something i'm super passionate about and advocate because i am a a birth mother and that's a person who's placed a child for adoption.
0: Mm, okay. And
1: open adoption is an option uh that you choose so that you can pretty much know and choose the parents that mm. are going to raise your child. Okay. So i'm i'm a huge advocate of open adoption And it's uh, adoption is highly still frowned upon, Um, you know, 25 years after I placed my child. So I I just wanted to put a a light on it. Mm -hmm. And I looked into podcasts and realized there really weren't any podcast about open adoption. Mm -hmm. And there really weren't any podcast about adoption. Mm -hmm. Right. There were podcasts for adoptive parents to get knowledge and, you know, kind of groups to discuss with each other or learn about oh how to raise my child for you know my adopted child or stuff like that but there weren't really any podcasts for the topic itself so I was like "Ooh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. this could be something Mm -hmm. so um that's what made me decide to switch Mm -hmm. okay
0: yeah I'm curious I we were uh Raven and I were talking about this before we, we did the show with you. And, um, you know, I, have known, I've had friends that have put their, uh, their children up for adoption, you know, and, um, you know, there, there's no shame in doing that. Um, you know, uh, I believe it's, it's better than the other alternative, of course. Um, but, um, I'm curious, uh, you know, uh, if you can answer this, which I'm sure you can, what's the, uh, what's the statistics on like uh, mothers doing a open adoption versus a closed adoption? Like which one tends to be the more, which one tends to be the one that gets chose the most between the two?
1: Um, Honestly, I, I don't really have a number. I, I can just tell you that it's not really the, the, I don't want to say it's not really the birth mother. It's really the adoptive parents that choose to do closed adoptions.
0: Really? Okay. I didn't it's know. Not,
1: I it's not it's not it's not the birth mother. It's it's uh, the people adopting. They're the ones which is why oh, I'm trying so to I know.
0: <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: they're the ones which is why I'm trying to raise awareness about open adoption because yeah. adoptive the the people who are actually adopting the child are the ones who're so afraid of open adoption. Um they are the ones who don't want to do an open adoption because they're afraid To have the birth mother involved in the life in any way of the child. They basically just want to get a baby, go Mm. on with their lives, and never have any contact Mm. with the birth parents anymore because Mm -hmm. I think there's that fear still because it's that taboo that, you know, she's going to come take the baby or, you know, what if the baby once grows up and is like, ooh, I like my birth mother more than my adoptive mom or, my mom is the adoptive mom is actually their mom, you know? Um, but it's just this weird fear, this weird insecurity still that people don't understand is still there. It's a stigma. Um, so, uh, you know, it's also a cultural, cultural thing. Um, Uh you know, back in the day, if you think about it in the fifties and sixties, or even late earlier, you know, uh, in, in white America, Um, if you were pregnant as a teen or whatever what did they do they sent you away and you came back and magically Mm -hmm. you weren't pregnant anymore
0: (laughs) right went on
1: about your business and you never heard or saw again Mm -hmm. Um, so and you never spoke of it again Um, and in other cultures the family will take on the baby and you just don't speak of it. You don't say, oh, it's really so-and-so's baby. It's just the baby's just raised by other family. And it doesn't matter how hard mm. that is put on the family. Right. Um, it's just another baby added, another mouth to feed. You know, we're, and, and then, you have, of course, everyone's poor. You know, it's just it's just terrible that you would rather do that and go through all of that than, you know try to find another option. So, um, it's actually really the adoptive parents that choose not to do open adoption. So, okay.
2: So you've kind of touched on it in your answer and your description there, but for those who are brand new to this, tell us briefly, what is the difference between an open and a closed adoption?
1: So, uh, in a, in an open adoption, Um, a birth mother would, uh, like I went to an agency that uh, strictly did what's called open adoption. And that is where adoptive families know going into that agency that they have to do an open adoption. They have no choice. Mm. If you want to adopt a baby, you're going to agree to do an open adoption. And an open adoption means that doesn't mean that your birth parents are coming over for Christmas and Thanksgiving. It doesn't mean, you know, you're, you're, you're sleeping over. It doesn't mean that. Mm-hmm. It means that you're just going to allow the birth parents to know um, updates, you know, Christmases and birthdays. You're going to send pictures through the agency. You know, you're, you're just going to let the birth parents know that, you know, how the baby's doing, the progress, that kind of thing, how their child's growing up and you're going to meet the birth mother they're going to meet you because they're choosing you they're choosing mm-hmm. you to raise their child okay um and you know you're you're agreeing that you're going to stay in some sort of contact mm-hmm. uh and this actually varies because i've spoken with many families who actually have such a great relationship with their birth families that they do actually have them over for the holidays and they do actually have them more involved in their lives because there is a cultural difference because you Mm -hmm. say sometimes you have kids that you've adopted that come from a Latin background or an Asian background, or, you know, uh, that came from a background. Like I just did an interview with a couple that adopted a child with a baby with down syndrome And, you know, so that Mm -hmm. child has medical issues. So, Mm -hmm. um, they've bonded very, you know, hugely with that birth family. So they, they keep in great contact with that birth family to keep updates with that, that little girl, because they want them to know how she's doing and developing and, and that kind of thing. So some adoptive and birth families end up becoming an extended family it's just more love for that baby and child as they grow older and you know the birth mom and adoptive moms usually actually end up bonding because the adoptive mom is so happy and blessed Mm -hmm. that that birth mother was able to give her what she couldn't give herself that is amazing that's what open adoption is that's what it's supposed to be -hmm. Closed adoption is when you go to an attorney and you pay them a lot of money and you say I want a baby, Hmm. and you they find you a baby and you never know who the birth mother is. You don't know Hmm. the name. The child is never told. Then the child grows older and has to find out on their own and do this long search. The records are sealed, you know, and you know it's really sad because what is better? for the child to know their history and where they came from Mm -hmm. or for that child to grow up knowing I'm adopted and my parents didn't want me or did they want me or, you know, what is my heritage? What is my history? And then do I need to take one of these ancestry.com things to find out where I really came from? And then, you know, what does that do to the adoptive parents that weight you're carrying on your shoulders for their entire life?
2: Right. And that, that kind of brings me to another question regarding closed versus open with closed adoptions. And you may or may not know this, are medical, the family's medical history, is that at least available to the adoptees or no? As, as much as the birth parents know
1: is oh, what wow. they okay. give them. So like, for instance, hmm. for me, um, like I don't know my my birth mother's medical history because I didn't know my birth mother. Mm, okay. Um so uh and I really don't know my father's history very well. So really if you don't know like my open adoption became closed quite quickly. The the adoptive family closed me off as soon as possible. So instead of following the guidelines of the agency, as soon as my son was old enough to speak, they basically cut off all ties. So, um, so, uh, he basically knew he was adopted and born in Texas. He had no idea who we were. He had nothing. So we did not get to know each other until he was 18. So it was really awful for me. And, and, and it was bad for him too, because he felt like he stuck out like a sore thumb. He felt like he didn't belong. He felt like, you know, so it, 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 it's not good for the child to be like,
2: okay, I'm adopted. (laughs) Sure. Mm -hmm. So being an advocate of the open adoption, that was again, going to be another question you're kind of touching on what are some of the pitfalls or some of the cons of open adoption? And I guess mm. that would be one of them. I wasn't under the impression that if you had an open adoption, it could become closed. So does that happen often or do you know those kind of statistics?
0: That's good. Then. Yeah.
2: That uh,
1: So I know that some of the open adoptions, there, there are some that do, that does happen, but for the most part, they are open. The ones that are closed usually are closed because of the birth mother, mm-hmm. the, oh, okay. birth, the birth mother chooses to keep it closed because it's too hard for her until right. she, she's able to be able to, you know, I guess not feel the guilt and the, I guess, sure. you know, of not being able to take care of her child and, and this, you know, that feeling of, you know, ha- having to place her child, but, mm-hmm. um, right for, for some, some birth parents like myself and my situation, I looking back at being older now and, and being able to kind of process it more, I understand that it's not necessarily my fault that they did what they did, even mm-hmm. though I blame myself for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, right. it, it was really theirs because, you know, um, now I can see that. I I kind I bonded more with the adoptive father than I did with the adoptive mother. But I can see that because she was unable to do what she wanted to do, which was have a child, and I was, she really yeah. resented me for that. Instead of being thankful that sure. I was able to give her a child, she really, really hated me for that. And my son tells me to this day that she hates me. Mm. So, and it, it sucks, but, uh, it mainly the adoptions that do become closed are because the birth mother can't handle what she's done. So,
0: yeah, I mean, surely there's, there's a lot of psychological stuff going on, uh, you know, uh, when it comes to an adoption, you know, and I know, um, uh, you know, when it comes to making that decision for a mother to do that, uh, it's not like it's something they just, wake up and it's easy it's not an easy choice for them to make um and i want to know uh you know with your with back to the show here that you do um if you could kind of give us an idea of what 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 is it that you on your episodes can you kind of kind of guide us through like what an episode is on your show and i see you um have some uh women and their stories on here as well yeah. Like, how's, like, how's like, uh, if you kind of walk us through like what an episode about your show, of your show is about.
1: So I do, uh, talk to both birth parents, um, that tell me their stories about how they came to the, the situation of adoption, like having to get to that decision. Yeah. Um, I, uh, you know, go talk about their process, how they chose their parents. And I also talk to adoptive parents. Um, to kind of get their side of how they came to the choice of open adoption um, uh-huh. and, uh, you know, what their experience is like. And um, I also, uh, you know, I'm um, going to have a couple of adoptees on there because I want to see, you know, um, hopefully my, my oldest son will be one of my guests to talk about his experience because he's one that, you know, did have a, was supposed to have an open adoption but became closed. Um, mm, and just yeah. kind of discuss the difference between a child that has an, an open adoption who gets to have all his, all his or her parents mm-hmm. right. and one that doesn't. So, um, uh, but yeah, I get to hear the experiences of people who, um, on both sides chose open adoption and people who had their open adoptions closed. I have people who had their open adoptions where they have great relationships, um, with their adoptive parents. I have birth mothers who've placed multiple times. Um, I have adoptive parents who are huge advocates. I have adoptive parents who have chosen to adopt. Uh, like I said, uh, that couple that I have interviewed, that video has, that podcast hasn't posted yet, but um, mm-hmm. they had uh, decided to adopt a little girl with Down syndrome. Um, and it, I was like, wow, I can't believe you guys did that. And they were like, you know, don't say that because to us, it would be no different as if we had had a child with Down syndrome. Right. So how could we discriminate?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, so, um, and they, they, and their daughter's beautiful and, and she's a wonderful little girl. And, and, That's great. um, so, uh, you know, so they said, how could we say no? You know, what if that had happened to us after everything we've been through to have a child and, and how could we tell, say no to a child that, that God put here?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, so it just, and they have an amazing relationship with their birth mother and I'm going to interview their birth mother as well. So it's, it's great to hear and then also I'm, I'm also that have been introduced to other sides of open adoption, which is the crazy that I've never heard of uh, embryotic open adoption, which is crazy because I didn't know you could do that. Um, but apparently people who um, freeze their eggs and don't use them all. Um, you can choose to use those people's eggs. Oh, really? Uh, if you don't have enough. Yes. <laughs> and you can pick those people that is and interesting. Wow. yes and choose to um have have the experience of a pregnancy uh but they just wouldn't be your eggs and your um but they would be uh like like someone else's baby but you'd be able to carry um that is interesting have yeah. an open adoption with that person <laughs> with their
0: so you so you're so you're getting their eggs yeah and you're and you're basically essentially having conversations with this person about that. Yes. That is, I've, I would have never I've even never thought heard about it. that before. Yeah. That Embryo- There's wow.
1: embryotic adoption. There's uh, actual open adoption with a birth mother and adoptive parents. There's, so I'm learning all kinds of things in the process as well. So <laughs> yeah. um, it's very cool. So I didn't know that was a thing. So apparently um, because wow. people, you know, they, they freeze so many eggs, but obviously they're not going to mm-hmm. use all the eggs, mm-hmm. um, right. but you can actually, I guess, for lack of a better term adopt uh because you can't sell those eggs you can right. Adopt, right yeah you can adopt those eggs and you can form a relationship with the person who owned the eggs um and uh, obviously have their that medical is, history their background and know that those people and
0: that is um, really that's i would have never imagined that i know that's that's I'm, not yeah I, that's uh, yeah yeah so, so i mean it's so great to it's great that you're learning in the process. Too. Yes. Yes. So yeah, coming, I know. <laughs> coming
1: soon will be a whole episode about embryotic open adoption. So I'll be uh, one to... I, have a, I have a lady who's, uh, uh, done two embryotic open adoptions successfully, and she still wanted to have the experience of a pregnancy, Man. uh, even though they aren't her biological children, which is the craziest thing I've ever heard of in my life. I didn't know that existed. Um, but yeah, it's a thing.
0: Right.
1: So there and are. those are. So and, are the,
0: and are those op- those are all considered open adoption obviously adoptions. right because you guys yeah. because you're getting to know the i hate to say it like this but the owner of those <laughs> right. yeah. yeah, that is that is so i would have never right i'm learning well i learned something i learned something now here that's, yeah that's that is that's crazy so yeah. what is it like to do um what is your research involved when you're when you're doing this stuff like uh when it comes to the adoption and things like that the people like how do you know how are, how are people getting a hold of you for these episodes are you just are they reaching out to you or are these people that you know
1: actually um at first it was because uh obviously i went through um abrazo adoption associates in san antonio so i uh was at first was pretty um close knit most of my podcasts are with uh, birth mothers and adoptive families uh from those uh groups um, but then uh, I, I got on Instagram and I noticed there were many uh, open adoption uh, groups and those hashtags, you know, hashtags are everywhere. <laughs> so there was a oh lot of hashtag God. open adoption, hashtag uh, birth moms. And ha- so I, I started seeing um, these groups on Instagram and I uh, saw that's how I got the embryotic uh, open adoption and the... Um, couple uh with the nothing down about Hannah and um so uh on the hashtag open adoption is where I just I literally just um will comment on their pictures and say hey I have this podcast about open adoption and I send them a link and I'm like I'd love for you to hear it and I'd love to have you on my show for you to tell me about your um adoption and congratulations on your your family and you know, and they'll, if they reach out to me and say, yeah, I'd love to tell you my story, then, you know, that's how I, I get, you know, but I try to comment on as many of their pictures as I can, because, you know, they're quite open about their, their family and their adoption and their stuff. Cause they're hashtagging the open adoption. So, um, you know, and then I found out another agency that is solely focused on open adoption and we're going to do a show together. So, um, yeah, that's, that's what I've been doing. I've just been on Instagram and just literally reaching out to people I don't nice. know. <laughs>
0: that's fantastic (laughs) you know
1: so yeah just trying to raise awareness and and just posting on social media but um yeah I don't have any other avenues of of advertising other than social media but um that's that's all I've been doing is and and literally now also those people are are sending me other people that they know that's great In their group. So really just word of mouth. They're, they're giving me phone numbers and names. And then those people give me phone numbers and names. So now I have like this list of people to call and like set up. So till the end of the year, I'm just kind of like booked with people to call and and set up um, for, for, to be on the podcast. But um, yeah, other than that, just to get the word out about the podcast is the main thing, Mm -hmm. but I do have people who want to be on the show. So
2: now, when I ask this next question, I don't mean the psychological aspect, I'm referring to the process, mm-hmm. but would you say that the open adoption process is easier than a closed adoption and how has the process changed over the years? Um, for adopted parents or birth parents? Either or.
1: Um, I, I believe for adoptive parents, it's about the same as far Mm. as, uh, your home study, that type of thing. I will say from what I've learned because I'm not an adoptive parent, but from what I've learned from the adoptive parents, I've spoken to the adoptive parent process is very grueling. Mm. Um, it is very lengthy, uh, You, you literally have to have your home ready for as if you have a child there already. Um, so even if you're bringing home a newborn, uh, you basically have to have your house already child-proofed. Mm, okay. um, uh, I have been, it has been mentioned to me from a couple of the adoptive parents that um, they wish the process wasn't quite so grueling because there's so many children out there that need homes. Uh, that they wished it would be a little bit more lenient because, uh, you know, you're bringing home an infant. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they're like, you know, nobody's house is ready for an infant or a baby or a child. You know, uh, as far as every door, every cabinet, every everything, you know, like a, a newborn is not going to try to get into your kitchen cabinet, you know. Right. So, but yeah. for the adoption process, your house has to be literally childproofed. And you have to pass every home inspection, your job, your background, your taxes, like you're, mm. you're basically picture going in to be the president of the United States.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's extremely, they, they, you're extremely well vetted before they yes. let you have a child. Yes. I mean, that's, and that's absolutely how it should be.
1: <laughs> yes. So yeah. um, as far as the birth mothers, um, honestly, uh, it's really not hard to be a birth mom. You just have to. Uh, yeah, you know, be sure you're going to go through it. And um, it's much harder to be. I, I don't want to say harder. I, I think it's as far as the process is harder sure. to be the adoptive parent, okay. because you guys, the adoptive parent has to meet more expectation as mm-hmm. far as the process is concerned. So so okay with mom, you just have to carry the baby
0: <laughs> yeah you get the easy part
1: all men say that
0: <laughs> right right <laughs> yeah. right on um do you uh outside of do you know do you have you worked with children before outside of the adoption process um i'm more of a dog
1: person and then having get it. Hey, you know we, get it. Yep. my own kids. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, I mean I, I had my oldest and placed him and then I obviously mm-hmm. had a second child and raised him. But um, you know, as far as working with children, um no, I work with ones with fur and four legs. I definitely love them.
2: And I chuckle at that because our four-legged fur baby is sleeping at our feet right now so yeah. we are definitely yeah. more than yeah we get the it dog people too <laughs> yeah yeah my my both both my boys
1: are would always joke with me and say i love my um when my sarah bear was alive they would say you love sarah bear more than you love us and i would cover her ears and go i do not love her more than you and they're the-
0: <laughs> <That's cute. laughs> so uh so i i see it's it is the month of november this is national adoption month right
1: it is
0: yeah. Tell us about that. Uh, what, you know, what are, what are people doing to help spread awareness of adoption such as yourself and other people that, you know, that are, uh, that are trying to make it, you know, th- that it's not, cause I guess some people, there are very few people that probably still see that as a, I wouldn't say a shameful thing, but you know, like it's, it's hard for mothers to do that. I'm sure, you know, and, and what are, you know, what are you and some other people trying to do besides the podcast to help
2: how do you spread advocate that.
0: for it? How do you advocate for that? Yeah, there you go.
1: Well, yeah. I I know we're trying to do it on social media. I know that, um, we're recognizing birth families, and you know that are that pave the way uh, to provide for the children and the families. I know that uh, obviously social workers, we want to recognize them for all their hard work. Uh And the foster parents who are taking care of foster kids. I know all the adoption agencies are working really hard. Um, I think, unfortunately, this month, you know, has been so overshadowed by everything.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. It's been really hard to let everybody understand that it is National Adoption Month. But it's not just about, you know, obviously for me, uh, in in my little bubble, mm-hmm. I see it as a birth mother, but there's so much more to it than that. You know, we have yeah. kids that are homeless. We have people in the welfare system. You know, we have. You know, we're not just advocating for open adoption. We're advocating for people to find kids everywhere to find their forever home. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we're looking for kids that aren't just trying to find their forever home, but kids to get out of the system altogether. And, you know, if, if they're in, you know, somewhere in a shelter, we're hoping they can find a, a good foster care, not just a foster care that's, you know, trying to get that check.
0: That you know, of yeah. course. Yeah, we,
1: we we want we're and and we definitely want to thank the social workers. I have friends that are social workers, mm-hmm. and yeah. you know they have to knock on the doors and and so it's it's definitely more than just about adoptive families and and birth families. It's a lot about just it's for the kids.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Get the kids in good homes, and 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 praising the people who are working in the field. So. Mm-hmm.
2: So I'm glad that you brought up foster care and the social work. How involved, or I guess how many open adoptions are from fosters? Are they mostly from newborns or what does that process look like? Um, There are not many, I could say, that are
1: from foster care. I did have a birth mother that was on the show that has... uh, a baby that is, was adopted through the foster care system and she does know where her baby is. Mm, Um, but most, uh, most, uh, children in the foster care system, once they're through the system and they get adopted, uh, pretty much those parents, until those kids are of age, they're not allowed to be involved.
2: Yeah. Um, Okay. But uh, And it makes sense. I just, I know that there are some extenuating circumstances, so I wasn't sure, of course, how rare that is. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: I think it might depend on the state or the county and and the situation, you know, and the age of the children, because obviously if the mother or parents have been around a long time, I know one of my adoptive uh, birth mothers actually has been in her child's life she was you know seven or eight and um she was in the system and uh her uh thank god her adoptive parents who had adopted one of her uh her son her baby actually Mm -hmm. um fought very very hard through the foster care system to adopt her her daughter so that her daughter and son could be together
2: Now, does the open adoption process vary much state for state and uh, county, or is it just more open across the board or the same process across the board?
1: Um, I think the process definitely is different from state to state because some states allow now in Texas, I can tell you once you sign the papers, you have signed the papers oh really okay when you when you have signed them you you have signed the papers and you there's no turning back so i don't know i've heard other states where once you sign the papers you have so many days or months or weeks or whatever to change your mind Mm -hmm. um so uh i don't know what those states are but i do know there are some states that give the birth parents the option um that's why a lot of people and adoptive parents go for that closed adoption route. Um, uh-huh. but, uh, I know that, uh, the executive of the agency I went through, I know that she goes to the capital uh, of Texas every year to fight for, uh, rights for, uh, open adoption. She's, she's always there fighting for, uh, open adoption rights and adoption rights. Um, Just, you know, because I don't think she knows it's not recognized enough in the state of Texas. So, yeah, um, but I know here, once you sign the paper, you've signed the paper. So there's no like, I I don't want to do this anymore. You have to be positive for sure. So which is why here um, there is that chance when you do come adopt here that you may get all the way up to the date of birth and you may have bonded with the birth mother. You may have spent a lot of time, FaceTiming, visiting, what have you. And then she may back out at the last
2: minute because Mm -hmm. there is no turning back after you saw Right. So what would you tell those that are considering open adoption uh, to help kind of ease that, fear i guess for lack of a better term or concern um
1: i would say honestly just to be honest i would i would say if you're considering a, adopting and this is something you know that i wouldn't look at it also as this is our last resort you know kind of situation um don't go into it like that mm. uh because I feel like some people do, uh, as mm-hmm. as people yeah. who want a baby so badly, you know, like this is okay. for that's a great a baby, point. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I, think, I guess this is what we're going to have to do now. You know, like that. I realize a lot of people really stuck on that whole. It's got to be our baby. I want our own baby. You know, and I I get you know. Uh, I personally, if I could not have been pregnant, that would have been amazing. <laughs> but I know some women just really want to experience pregnancy, and and. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I can understand that. So I can empathize with that, but don't go into it thinking it's your last resort. This is it. Okay. I have no mm-hmm. choice. really, really go into it with an open my and with your partner and agree, you know, 100% yeah. this is what we want to do. Um, and if you're going into an open adoption, understand that this is an open adoption and this is going to be, um, this could be an extension of your family and also don't just discuss it with your partner, really discuss it with your family
0: mm, and, and yeah. let them
1: understand, like you know, that's a good point. Hey, yeah. Um this this birth mother, and you're also understand it's gonna be a cultural difference,
2: it's gonna be a uh societal difference, <laughs> it, it's gonna be a different. Yeah. that is a great point about bringing the family into it and talking with the family because you know it takes a village it does it really should not be looked at as much different as if you were bringing your own baby home like your biological baby Mm -hmm. right their fan your family would be involved in your pregnancy why shouldn't they be involved in
0: yeah and 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 the thing about this too is with the being an open adoption you're you're bringing the birth mother you know you're merging her into your family too right so i mean it is you know you do want to you know uh it would be a a very considerate thing to talk to like you know your your family members your parents like your own mom and dad or whatever you know to to because like like you said there's going to be some cultural differences Yes. um you know and there's probably going to have to be some sort of compromises made too throughout this entire child's life right Right. And so, yeah, I mean, it isn't just as simple as, okay, I want a kid and we're, and we're going to get to know you. No, it's, you know, it's, it's the, it's this coming together of everyone. Right.
2: I think too, that is another excellent point, strictly on the fact that like you had brought up, there's a stigma around it. And so Mm -hmm. many people think that this is such, and it is a private process. Don't get me wrong. Um, And it is a very personal thing. But once you have made that decision and, you know, are leaning in that It really does become a family matter. Mm -hmm.
1: It is. And then you also have to consider like that birth mother has a family and they're losing that baby too.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So she has a lot of influence around her. You have to think her mom, her, her sister, her brother, her Mm family, like they may want that baby but they too may be in a situation where they can't take care of that baby either. Like they may Mm -hmm. be like, Oh no, you're keeping that baby, but we ain't going to help you. You know, like Mm, (laughs) it could be like that, but you know, you have to be like, look, we will love you and your family and we will be sure that, you know, we're, we are going to love, we want your family to love this baby. We want your family Mm -hmm. to be. So your family has to be on board with understanding that no, you don't understand the more love this baby can have, the better.
0: Yeah, it's 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 gonna have it's gonna it's about like I said before a, a coming together for the good of the child, right? And some people are probably gonna have to put their differences aside. You know, yes. it's it's just like having your own kid, right? You know, yeah. And yeah. people are gonna, unfortunately, people are gonna have their opinions.
1: Exactly, everybody <laughs> but, has one. <laughs>
0: right, but at the end of the day, it's about this child, right. and uh, you know. Um, it's, it's kind of like, a, in a way, a marriage of two families coming together, right? You know, for the sake of this child and making sure that everybody has that peace of mind too, as well. That's, you know, I'm sure that's a, that's a battle sometimes within itself. But I wanted to ask you, um, Tracy, for, for those that are um, looking at adopting and doing open adoptions, what are some really good resources that you recommend? Obviously, other than your show, <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> first and foremost, your show. What are some other uh, resources that you've found out about, or you've even recommended to those that are looking at being adoptive parents?
1: I mean, I would definitely uh, look at the hashtag open adoption, mm-hmm. um, and I would, you know, follow that Instagram. I would reach out to other people who have done an open adoption, uh, join those support groups, and. You know, make sure you talk to people who have been and experienced it mm-hmm. um, because talking to your friends, talking to your family, that's like talking to them about the relationship you're going through. They're going to yeah. give you their peace of mind and, you know, yeah. probably give you all their negatives, whatever. It's like, you know, talking yep. to people about your po- political views. They're, mm-hmm. all, everybody's got their points. But if you talk to people who actually are going through it, because, that's, they're the ones who know and can tell you, like, this is a safe place. This is, we're going to tell you the real, real. And then the great thing, other, other thing to do is find the agency that is going to educate you Mm. the most. Um, I know uh, uh, Abrazo and uh, RG Adoptions Mm -hmm. does thorough education about open adoption before they even allow a family to enter into an open adoption because they want to make sure you fully understand what you're getting yourself into. Even though I know some, there are like my adoptive family went through the motions to do what they had to do, but Mm -hmm. there, if you, that was 25 years ago, but now people are more open and more willing to play, you know, like really, really get involved and understand. So just really find an agency that you like that you really you know want to to learn from Mm -hmm. but they are the ones that will give you and make you understand exactly they have adoptive family reunions they have Mm -hmm. you know oh wow camps they have you know all of these things to make sure that you're constantly interacting with other adoptive families You're also meeting birth parents who are telling you their stories. You're, you're getting to reunite the kids because, you know, sometimes the kids come from different families or, you know, I mean, it's, it's fun. So, you know, but I would always suggest talking with other adoptive parents. That's how Nothing Down About Hannah decided that adopting a a baby with Down syndrome wasn't really that big of a deal because that's what they did. They went to the Down syndrome Mm-hmm. foundation and talked to them first and right. got tons and tons and tons of information and realized you know what she's going to be fine
2: mm-hmm. so i have one one last question before we get wrapped up as far as the resources go um do those national resources have recommendations like locally are these the places that you could go to for local recommendations as far as like the process i know that we had talked about briefly the process is being different state to state
1: um they will have so i know that uh i don't know where you're from but they will tell you if they have open adoption there but most places if it's easier to do it like texas is easier uh-huh. so you would just come to texas Okay. Gotcha. Um, that makes sense. so our birth mothers would, would be here, obviously. So okay. since the process is easier here, you would just all, all of our adoptive families for the most part, like for our agency, we do have families in Texas, but most people just come from out of state.
0: Okay. Yeah. I, I wondered about that. I, I wasn't sure yes. if like you had to, you could only adopt within the state no, that you no, resided. No, 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 okay. no, no. Okay. Most
1: families are from out of state. Um, I believe, and okay. I always make a joke that when I did my adoption, that I think there were more infertile couples in North Carolina than anywhere else in the country, because all the couples <laughs> that I had to choose from were in North Carolina. <laughs> so, <That's funny. laughs> so like up North and in North Carolina, and I didn't want my baby to live anywhere cold. So, I just, <laughs> 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 so That's great. um, yeah, but yeah, no, 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 no. You can adopt from anywhere. Okay. You just would travel in.
0: I gotcha. Um, yeah, I, I that was something I wanted to. I know, I, I just didn't know if you had like you know we're we're in the, we're in Indiana. I didn't know if we just like nope. Sorry, you can only get kids from Indiana. No, all you no, get. no, no, no no no, <laughs> no, no, no.
1: You would just travel in. Yeah, you would okay. just have to pass the the home study and and you would come here and do the training, But I think now because of COVID, I'm sure they have to do everything online and everything now. Now,
0: but, now does a resident uh, now real quick? Does a resident from like so? Say if we were if if Raven and I were to adopt a, a child from Texas. You said there's a vetting process. Does a, does a representative from Texas come to our home, or is that someone from Indiana that comes to the home, and does the uh, does the vetting? Like wh- like who does like who? Do you know that?
1: I think the agency actually
0: does it. Okay, yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. I think sense. the agency right. will actually do it. Yeah, so um, they take care of everything on their end because they want to make sure. Yeah, they wouldn't. I don't think they would put it in the hands of someone else. So okay,
0: yeah. All right. Well. Um, Thank you so much, Tracy, for being on our show. And we, we had a blast having you on. And uh, Tracy, real quick, uh, where can people go to listen to uh, the open adoption option?
1: So you can go to Spotify. You can go to uh, Apple. You can go anywhere, Anchor, Posts, mm, okay, Shows. You can go pretty much to any site that has a podcast. perfect. That is where the open adoption option is. It is Ooh. on um, Breaker, Google, Pocket Casts, okay. Radio Public, Spotify, and Apple. And uh, gosh, CastBox, Overcast, it's on everything. And I have a Facebook page, the open adoption option and
0: Instagram. Perfect. And when can people expect to have uh, expect you to have new episodes of your show up every week?
1: Um, every Sunday, an episode is out.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, right now, I'm just relaunching episodes five and six because I didn't get as many listeners as I wanted. So, if you will go on and re-listen to episodes five and six, perfect. Um, that'd be great. Uh, and then this month is National Adoption Month, so download the episode and listen
2: and learn.
0: all right well thank you so much tracy lee for being on our show and for those of you listening uh wherever you may be you can also listen to our show on anchor fm and all those places for the most part that tracy just mentioned our show is also on there as well and um you can also go to uh our facebook page you can search up to peas in a pod or on a pod and you can uh find us on facebook there as well and find all of our new episodes posted there uh every single tuesday so um but uh other than that Thank you guys for listening to our show, and we will see you guys next week. See ya.
2: See ya.